for you. I have coffee. I need to wake up. Wake my ass up. What are you drinking? Just yeah. tea. Nice. Drinking tea. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm totally into these two chicks, vodka, elder, elderflower, and pear cocktails. They are fantastic. It's like joy in a can. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to pitch them again? <laughs> hey, I pitch them when I post. So now I do like a, a, a picture of the hat with two of these like next to it. Nice. I'm, I'm trying to get them as a sponsor. <laughs> nice. Welcome back to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. I'm Dirty Skittles. And I'm G-Rex. And today we are joined by KK. Hey KK, how are you? Hi everybody, thank you for having me. We ready to get into this? I'm sweaty for no reason. Same, same. (laughs) I don't know what you two are crying about. I woke up, it was 40 this morning. 40. Oh, 40? Yeah, I had to put I have to put socks and pants on today. I haven't had socks and pants on since last winter. I'm surprised you own socks and pants. I live in upstate New York. Why would I not have socks? I've and never pants? seen you wear socks or pants. <laughs> okay, just because I refuse to wear a bra doesn't mean I'm going to refuse to wear socks or pants. You know, when it gets like 30 outside, you don't. That's a necessity. A bra is not a necessity oh. unless you unless I'm running. So, then it's a necessity. You're out there, <laughs> snow blowing snow, no brawn. I don't. I don't blow the snow. You want to know why I don't blow the snow? For anybody that knows me, I am four eleven. I have really tiny hands. My hands do not fit on the controllers for the snowblower. I can oh. push a shovel, but I can't do the snowblower. Speaking of things that they only tested on men, snowblowers. Thank you. Like, there's other women out there that have small hands. I love that. Well, KK, we just we just got um, crash test dummies. We finally in 2023 we have like a woman crash test dummy. So maybe snowblowers are next on the list. Where they're like, maybe we should consider a woman during this as well i don't know i you know i never thought about it but yeah that's crazy huh yeah um well kk welcome what are you comfortable sharing with the world today so by the way y'all let me just gas you up really quick i think oh i you you know what sometimes you live in this world and you don't get gassed up enough so let me gas you up i just think y'all are doing such an amazing Mm. job And you have something like your authenticity is just, it is unparalleled. So I just want y'all to know that it's amazing and it's really touching a lot of people. I listen, (laughs) I, Hey, listen, I just want you to know that. And I'm honored. I'm honored to be here and talk with y'all today. So, um, we had a conversation before this Mm -hmm. talking about mental health, talking about journeys, trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about today. And I thought that this might be a good opening because it's a safe place. I haven't talked about this before. (laughs) Um, to talk about my journey going alcohol free, which 
has been the past nine months of my life. And I have been down a hole of research and yeah, I just, if any, I'm, when I say I'm not comfortable talking about this yet, like it's hard because I spent a lot of my life. I don't know, like there was joy alcohol brought to me in a way. Like I never really, I always knew that it didn't work for me. Like I'm the type of person that can like literally get drunk off of a beer. And so I was like, I'm not like the rest, you know, but I never really, um, I never really took a look at like what it was doing, not only to me, but to women and to lots of people, not just women, but women is a really interesting case study. So, um, yeah, so I want to talk about that today, but I also want everyone to know that I do not judge you. This is still weird <laughs> for me. Like I want you to live your life like, you're drinking <laughs> with a, a glass of wine. This is just my story, but there also are some people that might relate to what I'm saying. So if this helps you in any way, like I just, I feel compelled to start talking about this. So, yeah, well, first, congrats on on being sober for nine months. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is a good time to even kind of plug some of the merchandise. So we have an adult sippy cup. And I'm just saying, (laughs) but but listen, because some people don't drink, right? But we all have a problem tipping our drinks over. This one's (laughs) got a lid on it. I need it. Yeah. But, oh, my God, I broke Skittles. Are you okay? It was just a weird segue, bud. <laughs> no, I no weirder okay. than the intro. <laughs> Something right, so we the, haven't done before. The sippy cup can be used for other things besides alcohol. Yeah, that's totally listen, and that's how you're inclusive now because a lot of people are going alcohol free. Yeah, movement right now. So being able to say my sippy cups are not just for booze. Now you're being inclusive. <laughs> yeah, there you have it. Well, I I don't know your story yet, but I can imagine it might not have been the easiest ride. Is that fair to say to to go from booze to no booze or was it easy? I I don't know about that. Um, I I honestly like I have had to reanalyze and redefine a lot of beliefs that I've had. So I'll tell you about that a little bit in the process. Um, But I because I. It also like, hasn't been that hard. So like, yeah, so yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll get to that though. But no, it has not. I think that sometimes that is a misconception that people have is whenever they take out of their life that they're always going to be longing for it. And like, it's going to be this hard thing. And there are things that are hard, but it's also like, there's so much joy that comes out of it too, which you don't hear enough stories like that. Yeah. No, I mean, I would. Yeah, I, I'm part of that that group where I'm thinking like, as soon as you take something completely away, you miss it. So mm-hmm. yeah, wherever you're comfortable starting, I'd love to hear your story. Okay, so I want to tell I want to tell y'all a little bit of my story about uh, my mental health story. And then and then I'll tell you how alcohol was a piece of that. So I grew up in Texas, and I have been a lifelong people pleaser. which I think a lot of millennials are right. I don't, I mean, I do kind of know what it is, but that's something that we share is like this element of Mm self-sacrifice. And so when I was younger, I started this grad school program, like really not knowing anything about anything and leadership and org development. When I was like, I just turned 23 and like, And I, my first paper I wrote was on leadership and I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Like, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was like, what? I was my like, babysitting. Um, and I talk, you know, like that's my profession now is, you know, helping develop leadership development programs. I've done it for a long time, but, and this goes along with what I'll talk about with alcohol is that the definition I had in my head didn't make sense because of what had been put in there by society. So like even today, especially women and introverts, those are the two areas that are neglected a lot with leadership. It's like you ask people what that word means in their brain, like what image comes up? Superheroes. Superheroes. Yeah. Men. Like men mm-hmm. not, and not shorties, right? No, no. short kings. No, it's, it's, very... it's tall, right? They have to have those broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like and and extroverts, right? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big one. Um, and usually that that tall man is wearing a suit. And I always use this in my presentations that like even if you go to like it like to, to image stock, right? <laughs> yeah. And you put in leader, like that's even what you get. Like it's not our yeah. fault. It's the reason we think that way, but the science behind leadership is something very different. It is like communication. It is emotional intelligence. It's mm. being able to like understand human beings and understand why they're motivated. Like those are not qualities that, yes, if you're a tall man that's on a stage and super <laughs> extrovert, you can have those qualities, but they're just two very different things, right? Like there's no image that goes with having those capabilities of understanding other humans. So I wrote this first essay and I was like, and I did all this research and I was like, this is so weird. But then, I mean, I was really young at that time, but I was like, you know, I, I, I mean, I like to talk people into things. (laughs) No, you never. (laughs) Which I mean, I've always liked to talk people into things. I'm like, let's go do this crazy thing. And, you know, I was like the captain of my track team. And I was like, oh, maybe I did. I was kind of a leader. Like that feels weird. But I guess. (laughs) uh, I guess maybe that uh, that is something that has been inside of me. And uh, so I started doing more and more research, but inside of that program, we had to start with learning how to lead ourselves. And so there were these two books, one was on um, resilience and the other one was this book called A Prisoner of Our Thoughts. Ooh, I'm writing this down. That sounds super Um, interesting. And I was like, oh my God, because I had never, I, I feel like the generations coming behind us get this stuff earlier as they should. But I start opening these books and it's talking about how mean we are to ourselves and like different like cognitive distortions that we have, like going down a spiral. So I'm I'm also like very ADHD and where while it's helped a lot of pieces in my life and my career that there's a like I lose stuff sometimes like my short term my long term memory like can go to the Olympics. My short term <laughs> memory needs an assistant. <laughs> like like cars (laughs) are you all right if you spit your coffee out i'm gonna die of laughter over here 
like cars when they started having like the key codes on the side and like being able to have alarms so you know where your phone is is like the like I I love my children (laughs) those are the best things that have ever happened to me um so anyways, like I would, and I was young at that time, but I would do these things where I would like lose my company phone and I would go down the spiral of being like, someone's going to figure out that I have ADHD <laughs> and then they're going to like find out that I can't be responsible for anything. And then they're going to demote me. And if they don't demote me, they're going to fire me. And then I'm not going to have any money. And then I'm going to like be homeless. Like, I mean, my mind would go to these terrible places And then I start reading this book and I find out that it's normal. And I find out that like you're one of my favorite mantras is, is that I am not my mind. Mm -hmm. So like, like these things that I was telling myself, like I could say, Hey thoughts, thank you. You're trying to keep me safe, but I'm going to put that. I always say like my mental thing is I put, I put negative self-talk on a boat in the middle of like a very calm sea. Like that's, I like, I'm like, okay, I see that. Thank you. Thanks, brain. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to take that thought that goes on that boat in a calm sea, you know? <laughs> so I start kind of going down this path and I start realizing that I am, uh, I, I can change the way that I talk to myself. And, but I still don't get totally there. I don't, I didn't start doing like yoga and meditation until after my first son was born. And I, but, but that was a really big change in my life. So my first son was born and I was still in this like very like self-sacrifice. Like I'll give everything Mm -hmm. to myself, to my company, to my relationship. Like, I don't, like, I don't matter. Everybody else Mm -hmm. does. Right. And then my, my first son was born and I was in labor with him for 56 hours. Oh my word. And yeah, they put me through two rounds of induction. So I was like, and like, then they were coming in and they were checking me like every 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't sleeping and everyone at one time, Oh, this is sorry. Like this whole thing is going to be a trigger warning. Um, (laughs) At one point in time, I'm like sitting here like a dead human being mm-hmm. and someone comes in and they're like, we're going to break your water. So they like put like a, like this horrible, like torture device and it didn't work still. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to die. Right. Like, yeah. And, I, and then I have him, and they let me go home from the hospital and no one told me I was going to have like PTSD. Oh my gosh. I can relate so hard right now. Yeah. I mean, and I would go to my follow-up appointments and the doctors would like, like come near me and I'd be like, do not fucking touch me. Like, do not get anywhere near me. Like, this is like been, I am not okay right now. Mm -hmm. And everyone would be like, you're going to get the baby blues, but I didn't have the baby blues. Like I had been through an insane experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like that whole thing. And then like your first child breaks you anyways. I always say it's like a portal. (laughs) They do. <laughs> Anytime I'm talking to like women at work and you know, like there's still, I see a, everybody goes through the same process. Like before baby, they're like, I'm the best worker that anyone's ever worked before in the history of working. And I'm like, just wait. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, you're about to go through the portal and yeah. it's going to be weird. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> So I have PTSD, I have him and I'm still like, I'm still at this 
point where like, I have this newborn, but I'm like trying to take care of my husband at the same time. Yeah. And like, I was like, cause he had had some like bouts with insomnia. So I was really afraid that like this newborn was going to like make it so he couldn't sleep again. So I, again, like I was self-sacrificing everything. I was like, well, I'll go sleep in the baby's room. So maybe the baby doesn't wake you up. And like, looking back on that, I'm like, oh my God. Cause when my second kid, I was like, I'm a fucking queen. I will be in this bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I had got through so much work that I was like, I will have a night nurse. You will all serve me. Right. <laughs> like both sides of the coin. <laughs> Bizzle, maybe we needed to have that second one after all, because I never made it to that side of the oh coin. Oh my God. The second one is so much better. You're like so chill. <laughs> I would I literally got so good at like knowing when he was going to get up before he got up and I would like oh, same yeah. as you like I was like I don't want him to wake up Bizzle because God forbid he doesn't get enough sleep right so like I would hear him like rustle and I was up bottle ready same. changing him re-swaddling and bottle in the mouth before he even cried I was like oh my god same and I look back at that that girl or that woman in that situation and I'm like honey like (laughs) I'm like oh sweetheart like this didn't mean but you but that's what your first baby Mm -hmm. is it's a portal because I think for the first time in your life if you don't take care of you which none of us do then Mm -hmm. then it doesn't like you have to because this other human relies on you being Mm -hmm. healthy um so I started going, one of my friends at Ult, at Ulti, like she was going to this, this woman that, you know, was like a healer. And Ooh. I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to go check this out. She was raving about her. And I mean, still to this day is like one of the most wonderful, beautiful, magical humans I've ever met in my life. Nice. And in my, and she helped me with so much that I probably should have known, but like, I just didn't know anything. Like my first session with her, she sat down and she was like, what do you value about yourself? Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, um, I gotta go. I'll be right back. (laughs) Never come back. (laughs) I start like, I I'm like, I feel my eyes getting watery. And I was like, well, I'm a, I think I'm a good mom. I'm like a good friend. I'm really good to my employer. I'm a good wife. Like I love my mm-hmm. husband. I love, you know, every, and she was like, I didn't ask that. Yeah. I asked what you valued about yourself. And I was like, I don't, I never thought about, I don't, I don't, right. I've, I've never thought I mattered before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh, that sounds dramatic, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of funny. I'm a hard worker. And she was like, and and then I started crying and she was like, you just got it. That's just the first step. And it was so powerful. And I was like, oh, like I, I have to think about myself. Right. Right. Um, And then it like, and then we kind of had like these little lessons every day. And she taught me about boundaries, which that like melted my mind all over the floor. I was like, (laughs) wait, people can't just do whatever they want to you. And you just like sit by and accept it. This is confusing. (laughs) First step, knowing you matter. Second step, letting people know you matter. (laughs) Stop being a doormat. Check. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's true though. It starts small for sure. Yeah, start small for sure. Um, 
Yeah. And then I just kind of, I kind of started going from there. And I mean, I think if anybody met me, even at that time, they'd be like, oh, you're so self-confident. You're so brave. You're so this and that, but it wasn't really what was going on in the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, and then I started really starting again, by the time my second son came along, I was like in a totally, I I was totally different person. I was like, this, this girl is set. (laughs) Um, But there was this other piece of that. So I started doing yoga. I started meditating. I started like, like really paying, paying attention more to my thoughts, even than like putting them on that, that boat. Right. Mm -hmm. And I started going to therapy. I started doing all this stuff and really like getting strong in my sense of self. But there was still this thread that was happening, which had to do with alcohol. Mm. So, and, and I want to just be really clear with this, that this is my story Um, I, I am very, I'm still not comfortable talking about this because there's still that piece of me that like loves to party. That's still there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to take that joy of partying away from anybody. Um, but yeah, like I would, I, I probably like started like drinking as a way of like socializing with people actually later on, like it wasn't until I got to college because I was such an athlete in high school. Um, but, but then I got to college and especially like anybody that went, whew, millennials, we didn't have social media. Like we, right. like, we knew how to turn up. Like we, <laughs> we filled the the downtime is what you're saying. <laughs> we filled that we did not need Instagram because right. we were busy, yes. you know, like Girl, um, I'm a boomer. So believe me, <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. And when you have this habit that everyone else also has, you don't question it, right? Like you're like if you go and you do crazy stuff but so is everybody else then it's very normal. So I, you know, I was just like we just love to party and we have fun and listen, I did have a lot of fun. Like Mm-hmm. drinking drinking does equal fun um kind, kind of I will yeah. <laughs> kind of break that down here in a second um but but what but again I have a really low to- tolerance so I can drink like a drink I can drink a glass of wine and kind of be drunk sometimes huh. and then I am like I I like to talk so I would always wake up the next day and be like what did I say yep that's me on vodka Mm-hmm. that's why i don't that's drink me, vodka it's me on anything like i just become such a blabber mouth and um and again like yeah and it, it just it would be like this constant shame mm-hmm. and so i started realizing it and i would go these chunks of time especially after i had my first son because i was like this is this is different and and i'll talk more about this here in a second but there's no research done on, there's, there's little research. There's more now done on women and alcohol. So most of everything that we believe comes from research that was usually done on men. And then even that stuff is really um, convoluted. So there's definite, there's not a whole lot of research on women and there's definitely not a lot of research on women after they give birth, Mm. whenever all these different things happen in your body, right? Mm. Like there's a whole of information that we do not have. It's starting to come up, but we don't have it. So I would go these chunks of time and I stopped, like, I didn't drink during the week. And I, I kind of started these habits where I was like, all right, well, it'll just be like once a week that I, that I drink. And, you know, we kind of had like a little bit, 
of a party culture in our last <laughs> company. Like mm-hmm. everyone, like everyone really liked to like get together and get close and connect through alcohol. And so it was like, I would go to work events, but, and, and that would happen there. And the, but I wouldn't really wouldn't do it that much at home. And, but it, it got, and so I would say like, it was like all this work I was doing would almost automatically get erased, like, because mm. I would go out and I would drink. And then I'd get back into that self-shame cycle, right? It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone. 